0: The things that God addressed in the giving of his son in Christ Jesus in his death was was on things that were eternal. So God was satisfying the deepest cry of man's heart, which is really com- companionship with deity. So oneness with God was what every man has always wanted. So everything Jesus accomplished had eternal consequences. There were no things that Jesus did that his work accomplished that were just for maybe two days or three days. Everything that he accomplished had eternal consequences. He sought and met the need of man once and for all. And I realize that it's it's a difficult thing for most believers to actually conceive when they realize or if they come to hear or anybody presents to them that what Jesus solved had eternal consequences. People like to believe that what he, he gave them, what he was doing, is maybe for a time frame until you make a mistake or something, but really what God was accomplishing in Christ Jesus uh, was everything that he did in Christ was, was for eternity, right? The eternal signature of his work for man is a reality I realize many people find difficult to believe and accept, and I believe that Christ's work had addressed the case of man eternally And you see, every time Jesus spoke about anything as regards himself, you realize that he always had a note of finality to the things he said. Right? He always had a note of of a signature of finality, of of eternity in the things that he did. In John chapter 4, verse 14, which is the scripture that's displayed here, he was speaking about water. Now he asked that lady, give me water to drink, and then the woman is saying, uh, um, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, how come you're asking me for water? And then Jesus says, you don't know who's asking you for water. If you if you had an understanding of who's asking you, you would have asked him and he would give you I mean, living water. And then the woman said, where would you get this living water? You know what Jesus says? Jesus says that I am all right, in in verse 14, he said, but whosoever after speaking about the living water he was going to give I says, but "Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again." But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus always attributed to the things that he gave or the things he was giving in note of finality of of eternity. Everything that he gave, he, he always gave us an assurance that he was going to last forever. You drink water and you always thirst again. He says, "The one I will give you will will satisfy your thirst forever." And so it's not the first time he was speaking like this. In John chapter six, verse fifty-eight, John six. So let's look at John six fifty-eight. Oh, pardon me, not so fast. John six fifty-eight. It says speaking about bread he says this is the bread which came down from heaven not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead he that eateth of this bread shall live forever every time he spoke about the things he was offering to man he had he had such assurance that the things he was given that it was going to last man forever it was as though he was saying about himself the things i give you are all that you need the moment you eat my bread you'll never have hunger again the moment you drink of the water that i present to you you'll never thirst again right but i feel that most believers have the mindset that after they have received the thing of god they they still feel like it's not enough there's something out there that they're still looking for you know there's something out there that they can still get there's something out there that they can still acquire but you see everything is fulfilled in christ the scripture i love so much in colossians chapter 1 verse 19 colossians 1 verse 19 now it was god speaking about jesus here and verse 19 it says for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell speaking about christ jesus it's in him that all the fullness dwells all fullness dwells in christ jesus and so everything you can ever think of everything that makes god complete or that completes anything it's in christ that it dwells in colossians 2 verse 9 the same thing is presented verse 9 which is here it says for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily so all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ and so verse 10 of that scripture says and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power in other words every man who is in Christ Jesus as 2nd Corinthians five seventeen says if any man be in Christ is a new creation so every man who is in Christ Jesus is dwelling in that completeness you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So if in all the fullness of God dwells in Christ and the believer is in Christ, then he's living in completeness. It's important that the believer comes to a point where he sees himself the way God sees him and then he speaks about the things God speaks about him. I, I would always point out to the fact that one of the major things that made Jesus so fruitful in his services or in his ministry on the earth was his understanding about who God is. One time Jesus was speaking to them he says the things that I do is not I that do them he says it's what I see my father do that's what I do it's what I hear my father say that's what I say it's important to know that he didn't just wake up and did things it's what he saw God doing was what he did he said the works that I do is not I that do them but what I see my father do that's what I do but the words that I say its not I that say them what I hear my father say that's what I say and so it's important that the believer learns to see what God says and do what God does acceptable worship to God is presenting to God what he himself has made when we present things to God that is originating from man it's difficult for that to even please god or rather it's impossible for that to please God all right what God receives from us is what he makes all right and what the kind of words that please God is what we are speaking what he is speaking there's a very um, dramatic um, scripture that I want to show you is in john chapter uh, John chapter 14. Verse that's read from verse 4. John chapter 14, verse 4. Jesus was speaking here to his disciples and says, Whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Now, Jesus was speaking to his disciples, all of them together. He says, Where I'm going, you know, and the way you know. But look at Thomas's response. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? No, no, Jesus looks at you and tells you, You know where I'm going, and the way also you know it. And then you look at him and tell him, You don't know. Uh, that's not speaking in alignment with what he's speaking and you see that doesn't please God when people insist on saying things that are contrary to what God says about them so God is looking at Thomas and he's saying to him or his disciples and saying to them you know where I'm going and the way also you know and then you look back at God and tell him I don't know the way Alright. and so Jesus speaking in verse 6 Jesus said unto him I am the way in other words this is validating the fact that when he said you know the way then really you know the way because he is the way and because you know him you know the way all right, but most times when Jesus, when God presents something to the believer, he he his response is is contrary to what God is presenting. If He says you know the way, why not admit and acknowledge the fact that you know the way? In verse seven, He says, "If he had known me, ye should have known my Father also." And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. So Jesus was outrightly saying to them, "You know him, you know my Father, and you have seen him." But verse eight, you see another disciple speaking. It says, "Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficed us." Imagine that the word suffice said there. if you look at the, the translation of that particular word suffice it it's indicative of the fact that it's an idea of raising. all right. So if I'm saying that show us the father, then it that is what it will satisfy us, to avail to us. It will be enough for us, it will be sufficient for us. Rather, in other words, what Philip was saying that you say that you' are the father, but you say that's not enough for us. Now show us the father and that one will be enough for us. But Jesus has said that you know the Father and you have seen him. And when you look him in the eye, he says, show us the Father. Jesus' response wasn't so pleasing. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Right. And this is like the same case scenario for many believers. God says something about us, but our response is different. We respond contrary to what God says about us. When we speak, we speak contrary to what God is speaking about us. What is acceptable to God is when we speak what he's speaking. So if he says, You know me, then admit that you know him, because he knows much more than you do. And so many believers, Jesus says to them, You're righteous, because 1 Corinthians 30, 1 verse 30 says that Christ has become your righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. First 1 Corinthians 1:30. 1, it says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. God has made Christ our righteousness, our wisdom and sanctification. But you see, many believers can even go ahead to say, Lord, sanctify me, uh, purify me and make me whole. We sing songs like that. That's speaking against what God has already done because he has already sanctified you. Right, so it's important that believers begin to speak what God speaks about them because the truth is that's what's acceptable to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12. Uh, let's look at verse 1. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore brethren, by the message of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Um, Amplified says, which is your reasonable act of worship. When you present your body a living sacrifice, not us, a living sacrifice because that's what God has made it holy and acceptable that you admit and you acknowledge what God has done for you and that's what you speak that's what you agree with that's what you say that's what you show in your conduct that this is what God has made me. I believe if this becomes a basic understanding for the average believer it will change their experience with God when they begin to speak about themselves what God has spoken about them.